Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Hello, and welcome to a very special 2023 off-season episode. You're listening to Wannabe Walk-Ons, a Nebraska football and craft beer fan podcast, and a proud member of the Herd at Sports Network. My name is Drew, and I am joined, as always, by my friend and co-host, Ben. Thanks, Drew, and thank you all for joining us. For those new to the show, during the Nebraska football season, Drew and I profile and review craft breweries, mostly local, some beyond while sharing our unique brand of Husker football insight. And in the offseason, we do pretty much the same thing, but with a slightly less regularity. We encourage you to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at Wannabe Walk-Ons for the most up-to-date show information. And please subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast platform or listen to each episode on wannabewalkons.com. On today's episode, we continue our mini-series of conversations with local breweries as we sit down with Sean from Fremont, Nebraska's 505 Brewing Company. I'm Drew. And I'm Ben. And this is Wannabe Walk-Ons. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Wannabe Walk-Ons. Today, we are extremely fortunate to continue our series of conversations with the incredible folks behind the incredible beers we love. Today, we are in Fremont, Nebraska at 505 Brewing Company on the beautiful and historic Main Street. And we are joined by Sean Morrow. Welcome to the show, Sean. Thank you so much for letting us impose on probably a day off. Well, thanks for having me. No, it was not a day off. It wasn't. Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> are there such things as days off? No, there are not days off. <laughs> well, we do, we do appreciate you taking the yeah. time out to talk to us today. Um, we just want to get started with the question. Why don't you tell us uh, who you are and what your responsibilities are at 505? Um, how did your partnership with, uh, with Lori and Tim uh, and the brewery all come about? Uh, sure, absolutely. Um, I, I mean, Inception would be like any other, any other great idea. It was uh, between uh, Tim Gazelle, my business partner, and a good friend of his, uh, Ryan Durant, who owns the 505 building, which is a block north of us. Uh, they were having homebrewed beers in the garage and got a few in and decided that that was you know, what would happen if we opened up a brewery? How cool would that be if we opened up a brewery? Uh, Tim and I had worked together uh, in Lincoln uh, for about three years. And so once that got past the, "Ah, this would be a crazy cool idea into, I think this could happen. uh, 
Tim got a hold of me and said, you want to be a part of this? And so we went back and forth, looked like it was going to work. We just needed somewhere, somewhere to open up. And uh, there were two things that brought us to Fremont. One, there's not a brewery here. There's 36,000 people. There's not a brewery. Hasn't been in 112 years. And the water here doesn't exist anywhere else in in the universe. It's perfect for brewing. So we just run it through carbon filter, comes straight out of the ground. Is there a specific beer that uh, reacts better to the water? We know that some places like stouts are better, you know, porters, Mm -hmm. IPAs. What do you find that this water is perfect for uh that's why that's why we're here because it's perfect for everything i mean if if we were going to make a a true pilsner uh and wanted it that really light straw color i would have to do some finagling to get that but i can brew everything from a light lager all the way to a dry irish stout so it it's perfect for everything else so uh, Fremont is a town that has deep connections to its local history. Does, does that play a factor in how you guys run this brewery or how you choose to engage with the community? And was the plan always to open here once you found the water? Was it, I mean, with the, I mean, just kind of going off that, what, what, what makes Fremont special as far as its history goes and, and that sort of thing? Uh, the, and the answer to that question is yes and yes and third yes. Yeah. Um, we had the opportunity to be in the 505 building, hence the name. And I'm sure you'll probably ask about that later. But once that building was not going to work in the time that it needed to, to work, we started looking for other venues in order to, to start up because our equipment was already showing up. Everything was basically here. So we looked at Quonset Huts north of town and I, I wanted the water, but the venues were not that great, and they weren't conducive to people, to foot traffic. And what we need is foot traffic uh, when you have a small operation like this. So when we were looking for spaces, there are a lot of spaces open on Main Street, and this just happened to be the one that uh, worked out the best for us. So we always wanted to be in downtown, and when the 505 building wasn't going to work for us, we just kind of looked for other areas down here that were going to work for us. It works out pretty well, too, that you're positioned right next to a cigar bar, yeah. a couple of Mexican yeah. restaurants, uh, another, like, bar and grill. Like, it's in a really great spot where you can go enjoy a, a night out in downtown Fremont yep. and hit up all these great you know, local shops. Yeah. So, people, uh, one of the questions we get a lot is, what would happen if another brewery opened up downtown? Because there's a lot of spaces that would work for something like that. And we looked for, at a couple places down here. And that would be the best thing that could actually happen <laughs> because then it becomes a destination and people hop from one. Yeah. They go get a couple drinks. They go get something to eat. They go to the other brewery. They go back to the other brewery. They go to a bar. We're trying to make this a destination and not just a one and done. Yeah, yeah, and and Nebraska beer is really great about just being a community, being welcoming. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's it's a business, so there's always that inherent comp- competition. But, um, but yeah, you, I mean, breweries really do feed off of each other. I know, like uh, in Omaha, Pint Nine and, and Crossroads are right next yep. door to each other. But I used to live within walking distance of there, and I, I did exactly that. I would just bounce back and forth between two really great breweries and just thank my lucky stars that they were there. So. Um, yeah, I could definitely see that. And, and Fremont, you know, downtown has a, a great spot for exactly that atmosphere. And so, um, 
But so, you know, t- talking about, uh, you know, that, that first initial surprise of, of not getting that the 505 building like you uh, originally had planned, um, you found this space after it opened up. Were there any other uh, big surprises that came up in that in a year and a half since you guys have been open? Uh, well, I guess the main surprise would be for us is most of our business comes uh, by way of people traveling through. Hmm. So we get a lot of, there's like this triangle from Lincoln to Columbus to Omaha where people are traveling, traveling through and they're, they're coming through and they know they're coming through and they're looking for, they're on their phone looking for a brewery in the area and they're like, oh, there's a brewery down here. So then they stop in. I, I would guess 60% of our business is not from Fremont. Wow. Yep. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I mean, my reason for trying is, is actually kind of that same hive mind where it was like, yeah. there's one in Fremont, we have to go. Like, yeah. you know, we live in, I live in Omaha on, on the Elkhorn side of Omaha. Drew lives uh, in Miller, not to get too specific with <laughs> where we're living. <laughs> with the hard stock. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but it's one of those things where it's like, now we've got another spot yeah. where, you know, we can kind of make a destination out of it, but it's not a crazy way to go. But it is like, there's an excitement that comes with being able to find those spots and, and travel to them as opposed mm-hmm. to just feeling like you've got the local hangout. Well, yeah, but there's all these other places that are quick and easy to get to. Yeah. yeah. Um, so diving down a little bit further, you know, we, we talked a little bit about water, which basically is my expertise in, in beer. That's, you've just tapped me out on how much I know about beer and making <laughs> beers. There's water in it. Um, can you tell us more about your time at uh, the Siebel Institute and their master brewers program? Uh, and, and were you taught the brewing side of this industry or they prepare you for the operational side? Like, what is that whole program like? And, and how would you recommend that to someone maybe going into this, this process? So, um, the, uh, the schooling that I did, uh, Siebel Institute, uh, and then Master Brewers Association, in, I think when one of the articles that was published, they said uh, that it was through uh, UC Davis. That was actually the person that I apprenticed with. He was the one that went to UC Davis. Can I, can I throw, was it, were you at uh, UW? Were you at Madison? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. My research checks. Yeah, Here we yeah. go. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and those are, are great programs because, you know, brewing is a trade. It's an art, but it's also a trade. And so what you're getting is a toolbox. And so what they give you is every tool in the toolbox, but you don't always have to use them. So all those, both at Siebel, that's in Chicago, uh, which I went to, and then uh, the one at Madison, uh, you're just getting tools. You're getting tools. You're getting tools. And the great thing about brewing is it's still an art, even though most of it, we're doing we're using science to create something that doesn't exist before uh, but you can use whatever tools you want and a lot of those tools that I learned I don't ever pull out a toolbox so I, I don't think in all the conversations we've had with brewers yeah. have I heard the expression brewing is a trade and like that was such that's such a light bulb beautiful way to think about it right like you can well, it come to work. Mm-hmm. It, it's yeah you know we, we hear brewing as an art right and, and it is it's an art it's a science but just to hear it described as a trade there's something that, like, I sit up a little taller when I hear that. Like, it's an exciting thing to hear. How would you compare your time, uh, like, with Empyrean, then, against what you learned kind of in a formal classroom opportunity or something like that? Like, how invaluable, then, is it getting to practice that in the real world before you make the step into you know, 505 and owning your own brewery? I would say, so, I spent five years at Empyrean before I actually went to brewing school. Um, and... 
That was invaluable. Only because you learned the things you should be doing before you do the things you should be doing. So, so the only things I did was I cleaned kegs, I moved beer, I transferred fluids, I cl basically cleaned stuff uh, all day long. And what was instilled was kind of the the re the foundation of what you should be doing once you know what you're actually doing. So can't make good food in a dirty kitchen. So that, that kind of mentality. So that's, that's who I was. I was the guy making sure the kitchen was clean. And then when I went to brewing school, I learned how to actually make the food. So yeah. that, was, that was extremely important. I think it, it wouldn't have worked out this way if I had learned it conversely. Yeah, there is a lot of grunt work that yep. goes into brewing and and you know as a consumer you you look at you know I, I you look at a brewer and you're like man like that guy's got such an incredible job and you do right yeah. you really do um but yeah it's it's hard work it's hard work so yeah it's cool that you got that that foundation laid you you had the i think the real experience up front so mm -hmm. you knew what you were getting into you probably weren't shocked by what went into it once no. uh, you got around here and on, and on the other side uh just than being at school. So I had already been brewing by the time I went to school. So I knew how I knew how to do what I was doing. I didn't know why I was doing it. So conversion, transferring, aeration, things like that. I didn't understand the chemistry. I had, I had taken chemistry in college, but I didn't understand the chemistry specific to brewing. So that was the other important part was actually getting to go to brewing school where they're, where they're teaching you all the finite details. And so you're like, ah, that's why I'm doing Okay, I get it. Now I know why I'm doing it. That's, that's really neat to hear, though, that you've, you know, you've had such this kind of journey along the, the path of brewing and yeah. that each step is invaluable and that yeah. everything from you know, what you're learning from uh, just a comrade side by side in the heat of battle versus what you're learning in the classroom setting versus what yeah. your experience gives you, like all of those little things they matter and they and they combine into something so simple as just drinking a great beer yeah um, but like th th there really is a difference in quality and in taste in in that journey and and I think that that's represented so well uh, I'm drinking the flat water IPA and this this IPA has like this nice like floral sweetness to it uh, it has a nice maltiness there's this balance to it and and you don't get that from someone who's just you know following a recipe book for the sake of following a recipe book, like this comes from experience and this comes from understanding all of those key foundations. So it just, it makes sense. You know, when we write these questions, we kind of sometimes assume the answer that, yeah, it's all valuable and it all means something. But these answers of, you know, no, this is a trade. Like this is, this is my, this is where I hang my hat at night. Like we can taste it. Yeah. And yeah. that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so kind of, I mean, stepping away maybe from like those technical things and thinking maybe a little more broadly in terms of your brewing philosophy um, and what, what's, what is 505's brewing philosophy or who, who are you thinking about? Who are you brewing for? Whose palate? Who, what styles do you want to uh, represent 505? That, and that's a great question. Uh, the overriding philosophy is balance. And you just mentioned it earlier. Mm -hmm. And it, all of our beers are going to be balanced. If it's, so our flat water IPA, that's a British IPA. So it's going to be a little bit more balanced, a little bit more floral. It's going to have a little bit more caramel tinge to it. Um, 
if it's a German beer, it's going to be brewed per the Reinheitsgebot. Uh, I just want to make it true to style. Mm-hmm. And people, I think it, the feedback that we're getting is people appreciate, you know, there are people that like the one-offs and like the crazy things, the peanut butter pickle and, and, <laughs> and sausage beer. And there's a place for that. And people, some people like those, but our lane, our lane is true to style. So was, was that always the plan? Like was that was that, always the that plan. Was, so the water, you know, supplies mm-hmm. that I don't want yeah. me to keep coming back to the water, but like when you think of the historical site that you're in and the yeah. water that you have that allows you those, just to stay true to form yeah. and true to style. I don't think, I don't think true to style ever goes out of style no. when it comes no. to beer. That's why it's been around as long as it has. Yeah. That's why we have those those flagship type uh, styles. And your your menu here reflects reflects that the, mm-hmm. the you there is a broad spectrum that you know you've got the porters, you got the IPAs. I've got a Kolsch in front of me, which is just incredibly refreshing um, on a hot day like today. Um, and so yeah, it's, I, I think knowing to go back to the the water, knowing that that's all the same water that that um, you guys don't have the big reverse osmosis tank. I don't see it here, so um, which is a staple in most breweries. Um, especially like Omaha Lincoln with their water. It's terrible. Um, it's just, yeah, it's just cool, uh, you know, what you're able to do with that that base and just and how varied things can get and yet how true you can stick to yep. to what you're aiming for with those styles. So. You know, going off of Drew's philosophy question, where do you draw inspiration from? Like where do you, when it comes to your beer, you know, you talk about being true to style and, and uh, understanding from your, your background and, and how you came up kind of learning to be a, a brewer, where does the inspiration come from? The inspiration, I, I guess I would say, the inspiration would be per beer, and that usually happens at 2 a.m. on a Thursday <laughs> <laughs> morning. Uh, we, we have, I, I have a schedule, we have a schedule uh, for the, all the beers that we think we're going to make over the course of a year. So... I've got a list, and we've got a little chart that shows what we're making at any given time, but sometimes it just doesn't work out. So can't, can't either get the yeast or can't get the malt. Um, the, the inspiration, I guess what you're asking, is what causes me or what would inspire me to make a specific beer. And usually it's... Uh, sitting at 2 a.m. on a Thursday and my wife is sitting there like I want to make you know what I want to make today I want to make a sour well who's going to drink that well, I don't know I, 60% only, of yeah. our customers yeah. who are coming in from somewhere else yeah. they're going to drink that there's only one way to find out yeah, yeah. so it, it really has been interesting to see what Fremont and the surrounding areas we got about a 90 mile radius you know an hour and a half from us where people are coming in regularly uh, to see what they're willing to at least try once. And we do have shirts that say changing minds one beer at a time that we gave all our employees for Christmas. And that's really our overriding philosophy is I don't, I don't know how many of the individuals who have never been in before has, have ever had something that was made true to style. I'm not saying that the other breweries don't, you know, I've got lots of friends in the, in the brewing industry, but when they try it, they, their reaction is different. So they come in and they say, I don't want a stout. I hate stouts. I've had Guinness before. I've had Murphy's before. Like, just 
do me a solid. Try this just once, just one ounce. Oh, that's a stout? That's what stout tastes like? I said, no, that's what our stout tastes like. That's (laughs) not what all stouts taste like. So that's inspiration is, is really in the engagement with the customer to get them to try things they've never tried before. Would you say that that also drives your willingness to make things like black and tans and mix your beers and not be so precious about the end product? I mean, um, you don't find that in a lot of local breweries uh, around the area where they're just willing to say like, hey, we also like combining these things that are two completely different things. Yeah, absolutely. So now we've got at least four four items on our menu that are not, that are adulterated. The, the beer is not the beer. So we've got a black and tan. We have our cream of wheat so that's a black and tan made with wheat beer instead of our our that we have our uh, summer shandy so we've got a uh, a shandy on tap and we also have a mixture between our raspberry blonde and our summer shandy so mm. that sounds that sounds fantastic, really good. It is yeah. fantastic. <laughs> it's it's awesome yeah Oh man! Well, you you know you kind of you jumped the gun. I know you don't know that, but uh, you, you answered my <laughs> next question already. I was going to ask you, um, you know what what you wanted five hundred five to be known for within within the Fremont community within the yeah. craft beer scene. But it sounds like yeah, changing minds one beer at a time. Changing minds one beer um, at a time, and, and leaning on leaning on balance, leaning on that that being true to style. Um, and that, I, I don't know. I think that's a really great. It's it's a simple philosophy, but you know you think about changing somebody's mind. You you've got. Um, you know, community of beer drinkers that, um, you know, for better or worse, they're stuck in their ways. And, and, and I get that. I mean, I love Guinness and I, I could drink the hell out of it. And I did for a really long time until I started drinking craft beer. Um, you know, our, our mission has been to celebrate cra- the craft beer community in, in Nebraska awesome. and, and try to get word out on just really how wonderful it is. And, um, that, you know, beer is beer and there's some really fantastic beer out there. Um, that, that guys like you, Sean are making and, and everybody else beyond, in the state, and so um, I don't. I don't know if you want to add anything else. If you have anything else to to add to that, uh, as far as you know, what you're trying to do in the community beyond. But I, like I said, I think you answered it. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, it's on the marquee, so it's art, passion, and community. Yeah. So uh, the art is the art of making it, the art of selling it. Uh, the passion is what goes into actually producing it, and the community part is. Uh, doing we're partnering up with different uh, nonprofits in the community um, in in Fremont to to help them we partnered up with uh, rescue shelters for animals we partnered with uh, uh, nonprofits that that work to repair houses for people that can't repair their own houses we've partnered with people that uh, do cleanup down here in, in downtown, so it's it's really a trifecta, and that's really what drives what we're doing here. That's fantastic. I always love hearing about great beer doing great things. Yeah. You know, like that beer can be that driving force behind it. That I think people look at breweries and they think it's going to be full of of craft beer snobs. You know, guys yeah. that look like us that maybe come in and you know they're going to say, "Oh, you you don't deserve to drink this." You know, that sort of thing. But it it really what Drew was saying, you know, and, and what you're speaking to as well, is we love the fact that we can come into a place and just be welcomed and that everyone's about like, oh, you got to try this. You know, it's like a Thanksgiving table where everyone wants, everyone wants to sample the best dish. 
and, and that to me is what's so beautiful about craft beer, and then you can give back to the community through it. Well, it's funny you say that because we uh, had a nonprofit, like a what do they call it, potluck uh, for our local vets, uh, vets of foreign wars, and every third, I think it's third Sunday, we do potluck. And people, just whoever wants to come in, they can come in, bring their food, and they hang out, have some hot dishes, and then drink some great beer. Wow. Incredible. That's awesome. Yeah. That is really Sunday cool plans hear. now. Shoot. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Um, so, gosh, we're just kind of going in, in line with what questions we have prepared, but the craft brewing industry is full of uh, collaboration. Uh, you've talked about your community collaboration. Have you had any partnerships with other breweries, or there are there any that are on the horizon? Um and who on the local and national scale do you maybe keep an eye on to see, like, who they're mixing up with? Yeah, uh, it's funny you ask, because uh, the brewing community, brewers, it's a pretty cloistered collection of people. Um, and usually everybody knows everybody. And actually, so the brewer for Zipline, Brennan McGinn, uh, worked with him at Imperium. Uh, the brewer for Pint Nine... So that's Jimmy Watson. I worked with him at Empyrean. And so, like, literally last night, I had to, I wanted to do a Saison today and had to reach out to them. It's like, do you have any Belgian yeast? <laughs> yeah, nobody had any Belgian yeast. But just the fact that it's still a community and I'm still in contact with these guys, and I don't talk to them, you know, extraordinarily often because they're far afield, but uh, just knowing that they're there and if I need something, that, that I can reach out to them. And if they have it, they'll give it to me. That's, that's neat that the collaboration, you know, you hear a lot about this guy brews with this guy, or there's a yeah. beer where it's these two things, but collaborations are happening in the background that we don't even yeah. know about. Yeah. So we, uh, Jimmy Watson from Pipe Nine, and maybe I'm outing him, maybe he's regretting that decision, but he was in maybe three weeks ago, and uh, we talked about doing a collaboration there which i'm excited for because we haven't done one yet so and he's a great guy he, both i don't know if you guys have interviewed him or not we we interviewed joe java stout so uh, okay. mike myers yep. uh, at pint nine okay. but we did we we chose maybe the worst day to do an interview there we chose their mug day which is you know their biggest day of the year and they were like you can set up in the way back because we are very <laughs> busy right now <laughs> so they were kind enough to welcome us in uh, but they were like, you need to stay absolutely out of the way. Uh, yeah. But that's that's where we met Michael Myers for the first time, who we, we know he's you know been around here a time or two as well. But yep. uh, we have not been fortunate enough to sit down with Jimmy. You should if you haven't, because he's very much in the same lane that, that I am, maybe even more so. He's a purist, uh, went so far as to get a, a custom brewing system, uh, Creveller, I believe is what it's called. And uh, he compromises on nothing. So you can tell I'm a I'm a big pint. Yeah, we're big, fan. big pint. And, yeah. and I just need you to know that now that you did announce yeah. that you and Pint Nine are doing the collaboration, we got to hold you to that. You can't yeah. you can't say yeah. that can't on, back out on this podcast because well. we're going to yeah. be keeping eyes on that. <laughs> he, I tell he, you. he already told me I can't back out now. Perfect. <laughs> I, OJ's Bronco is is one of the releases that I look forward to. I had one last mm-hmm. night after mowing. And it's, uh, that's just one of my beers that, like, for Pint Nine, I'm, I'm always like, whenever that drops for the year, it's going to fill up a, a row in my fridge. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. 
Um, I don't know what kind of experiences you have outside of, of Nebraska craft beer, other communities, but is there anything about Nebraska craft beer that maybe you think sets it apart from those other communities? Uh, I think I'd, uh, I'd revert to my previous statement where I said it's, you know, everybody seems to know everybody. I haven't mm -hmm. met all the brewers in the, in the state yet, uh, and there are new breweries popping up all over the place, but I would say 60 to 70% of the breweries I've either met or I know them, like know, know them. So. Yeah. And it sounds like Empyrean's kind of like a jumping off point for a lot of, yeah. a oh, lot of folks. Yeah. yeah. Just, they've been around for so long. and Yeah. Um, kind of going back, I, I missed a question that was on my list, but Drew and I are always enamored uh, by beer names. Yeah. What what is what is your guys' process for naming a beer? Is it is it name sometimes comes first? Do you have any that like you sit in your back pocket and you're like, uh, this beer's not quite ready for this name, or is it is it just one of those things where it's more a pain in the butt than anything? Uh, well, for me, it it is a pain in the butt because it, Lori has on her phone, she's usually sitting. It's usually like I said, two a.m. on a Thursday. I'm like, great beer name. Write, it, write this down. <laughs> write this down somewhere. And so she puts it in her phone. So she has a file in her phone just for beer names. And then I choose something different completely. She's like, you had this, and you had this, and you had, no, 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 no. So I'm brewing the next morning, and I have to have a beer name for it so she can get it into the system. Uh, most of them come at 2 a.m., and it's just like, I don't know what 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 is that? There's a cockroach pickle over the cock. You said pickle a few times. I think you're ready to brew a pickle beer from the sounds of it. That's been on your mind. Either that or it's a major. We're annoyance. getting a lot of feedback that we need a pickle beer. You know, I don't I don't want to be negative about any beer that's going on or any trends or anything. Like that. Please don't make a pickle beer. We don't need a pickle beer. People can pour pickle juice in their beer if they need a pickle beer that bad. Why are they putting pickles in beer? Yeah. I'll snack on a pickle well, while I'm drinking a beer. I had a, I had a pickle beer at a festival once, and it was the first beer that I had, and it was the dumbest thing I've ever done because after that, it's all I could taste. It's the same reason uh -huh. why I've had a, brat, a Bratwurst beer. It was a, a home-brewed submission to a beer judging that I was doing, and it was Bratwurst, a Bratwurst lager. Oh, no. Maybe the most disgusting thing I've ever had in my life. I, I, like, but How? You know what I mean? Like, how, how, how does, that, does that even get made? How do you, do you infuse that with the brat afterwards? That feels like such a, a thing, a difficult thing to plan for in the brewing stage mm -hmm. to, to, to be able to offset, you know, everything going on there. How do you infuse the, the, the bratwurst into it goes, something like that? Uh, like, in this particular recipe, it went into the mash, which is a terrible place to put it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, to segue... My wife, Lori, just walked in. She has the phone with all the beer names on it. Do you have your phone on you? I know all of them. You've got them all, no, you've got them all the, listed the, up in the, the list in memory. of new beer names. The ones we have on file. <laughs> that never get used. <laughs> haven't been used yet. They haven't been used yet. Not yet. Uh, yeah, because yeah. it would be so easy if you just used these. It's just coming up with crazy crap all the time. So there's that. <laughs> say all of those. <laughs> those are yours, Dave. That's uh, a good sign if she doesn't want credit. Yeah. <laughs> Mary Duell, Hellfire, 9PA, 
Lake 23. I think in we in 95. In 95. Stupid Viking. <laughs> I don't, I don't. How are we not using these yet? <laughs> I do like M95. That's good. Yeah. Oh, man. I do have a list. There's a list. There's a list. Yeah. A there. list that sounds like it's neglected. Uh, well, so uh, he literally has, he has, I give him like three minutes uh, because I give him three weeks. And then I say, hey, what are we calling this? And then he has three minutes before we open. What is it called before I put it on the chalkboard? So uh, he's had plenty of time. I've given him time, and we just come up with crazy stuff at that point. So, yeah. A little bit of a procrastinator, that's all. Yeah. No. no. <laughs> Not at all. Just a touch. <laughs> Sorry if we got you in trouble on that for saying, you yeah. know. <laughs> it's like you started talking about her and she knew yeah. <laughs> and she she found you she found you to call you out all right well <laughs> let's see um a few months ago i was uh, preparing for some friends to come visit town and i was stocking up on uh some local craft beer and uh, was pleasantly surprised to find you guys in shell on shelves uh in some stores um there's been a lot of change that's been going on and, and some folks have been following along with distribution and, and it's something that we started talking about three years ago that like it could happen and then last year, it, it happened, and now it's almost like really happening. Um, how has distribution played into 505's plan, or was that part of the plan? I mean, how, is, how has that changed the way that business is going? Uh, distribution as a whole uh, has changed significantly. So we have switched from a through-the-taproom volume which is going to make us successful to a through the back door on the forklift, uh, shipping out to distributors or self-distribution. That's, what, that's where we're headed. Um, we're, we're doing well through the tap room, but our volume, our original business case, was more so through the tap room than it is out the back door, either self-distributing or uh, to our distributors, and now it's it's flip-flopped so we're we've got sales staff uh, that are out in the market that are putting it on shelves and we've got self-distribution where we're dropping it off ourselves so that's that's factored in a huge part to our to our success it's it's one of my favorite things to do is just anytime i get a chance to walk through a, a a place that I know stocks, you know, craft beer is who's new on the shelves. And mm-hmm. so it's always a nice surprise to see um, beers on there that normally I've got to make a drive for that are now in my local you know, supermarket that I can just walk up and pick up a six pack, which is always a, always a treat. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Finding anything new local on the shelf is phenomenal and, and it's happening more and more and more. So it's very cool. Um, you know, and thinking about things like that, uh, you know, the beer industry is always evolving and, and um, there's always, you know, some good things and bad things, you know, crazy things that are going on. Um, you know, when you're looking at, at 505 and you're thinking about your future, I know you're talking about, you know, expanding with distribution. Um, is there anything else, like, that you're looking at uh, for your future as far as maybe um, expansion, you know, exploring maybe pickle-style beer? Um, you know, anything, anything big on the horizon that you're looking forward to? Yeah. Uh, we – some of the things that I like when I – when we look at other breweries, what they're doing, when they're doing it, how they're doing it, uh, one of the things I like is uh, like their loyalty club. 
the loyalty clubs are, are a pretty big deal, and you get all kinds of perks. We haven't done, I think in my opinion, we haven't done a good, jo- good enough job to the individuals who are willing to shell out for a loyalty club membership. So things like private events, private releases, uh, uh, we're, we're in the works for getting special mugs made, things like that. Um, that's one thing I think we need to do, and that's on the horizon. That's coming up pretty soon. A cask, beer, things like mm-hmm. that. We yeah. haven't done that yet, so... I say that's something that, that you know, guys like Ben and I, we make yep. we make the the voyage for those sorts of, yep. of releases, and, yep. and I, I'd much rather chase that than like an allocated bottle of whiskey or something. I'd I'd much rather be a part of a loyalty club of a local brewery that's releasing something that you know, w- when you barrel age something here, it it's it's even more selective, and it's something that like it becomes an experience of itself. It's um, to kind of talk about the, the movie Sideways, they talk about there's a specific bottle of wine that, like, they're waiting for the perfect opportunity to open that bottle of wine, but another character comes along and goes, no, that wine is the opportunity. Like, that wine is the moment. And, and when we get places, you know, like yourself that release a special bottle, like, I don't have to wait for a birthday or, or something special. Like, that bottle is the celebration. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because the amount of work that has to go into creating something like that on, on a small scale is actually more work than it is on a large scale. Yeah. So those are the kind of things that, yeah. You get excited about, you get excited about, you know, experiencing the art and the passion of, of, of a master brewer, you know, something that they've put a lot of work and time and effort into. Um, and, and that's something that's, that's greatly appreciated. And knowing that you're, that you're propping up somebody who's a part of the community, who's also propping up the community in, in um, some really incredible ways. So it's just another opportunity. When I mean, you talk about loyalty, um, a loyalty club, yeah, you've got people that are loyal to the brewery, but, you know, it's it's a two-way street you know you guys are loyal to the community as well and and the people that are a part of that club are the community and so um it's just a really great another really just great way to be a community you know so that's cool so i'm going to call an audible drew on my last question uh because uh you you told us before we recorded don't ask me a football question we are going (laughs) to ask you one but it's not about it's not about it's not anything about football specific but um you know We've read and, and we've heard you say now that the, the 505 building didn't work out. Correct. And that's the most I've heard. Um, can I ask why? why? Why that building didn't work out and why it was important to retain that, that name moving into this space? Sure, absolutely. Uh, the reason it didn't work out is because COVID hit. Hmm. Uh, and all of our contractors and, and individuals that were going to be working on the building, there were some structural issues and in the building itself and they weren't able to get to it but we had all this equipment on a truck like showing up so we had to have somewhere to put it uh great space huge uh it would have looked really cool uh not saying that we won't ever be down there um the space is still unfinished they were going to start in the basement where we were going to be we were going to be in the basement used to be in uh, a bar and then they're going to work up uh, once we had to pivot and find a different space, they chose to work from the top down. So the space is not finished yet, but if it is, I mean, we've always said there's there's no reason if we needed extra space, we wouldn't we wouldn't move into there. We production would always happen here, but but we'd have like a tap room, an extra tap room up the street. So that's awesome. So yeah. retaining five hundred five is because. 
the door is still wide open for you guys to eventually inhabit that space and you don't want to give that up. We, we had been here for a year, had all of our branding, had all of our artwork, had everything complete, like boxes and boxes and boxes of stuff that said 505 on it. So it's like, oh, we've got a story now. At least we can tell a story. Yeah, we do. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think what's, an, this used to be a Diamond Vogel. Is that right? Like this used to yeah, be it was a, a paint, paint store. store. Like what paint store looks like? You guys must have done an incredible amount of work to change the facade of this building. I mean, when you walk by, you don't think... I'm going to go in and pick up some seafoam green or something like that. You know, like, it's a beautiful space. It was uh, originally when it was built, I think it was 1912, it was a cigar factory. So Much cooler. Okay, yeah, yeah, cool. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It was cool, then it was a paint store, and now it's cool again. Yeah. So, yeah. so it was a cigar factory, <laughs> then it was a bar, then it was a different bar, then it was a paint store, then now... It's, it's us. So yeah. This building is offended that I was like, it was a paint store, right? Like, this building's <laughs> like, that is not my history. We don't talk about whatever the 80s. We forget that. You, you want to bring us home? Do you want yeah. the last question? Uh, is this semi-football related? Should we, can we switch it up and make you want it? Me to, you want me to ask? Yeah, it? make okay. it soccer related or rugby. No, I'm not going to make it soccer or rugby related. Okay. I, I would be speaking out of turn because I'm not versed in that at all. So our last question we want to we, we like to hit breweries with is is a pure hypothetical and it's one that plagues uh, the state of Nebraska, which is there's no there's no beer in Memorial Stadium, and it's it's greatly lacking I think from the game day experience, especially with so many incredible Nebraska craft breweries. Drew and I were fortunate enough to where we went to the Iowa game last year, and they serve uh, Iowa craft beer there along with Bush Light, which is Iowa not craft beer, but it's still Iowa beer. And our question for you is, if Nebraska were to give you the keys to the kingdom and say, make a beer for Nebraska football, what beer would you bring to the table to sell on Saturdays at Memorial Stadium? It would be a, a standard German lager. Standard German lager all day long. Or Pilsner. Yep. Yep. I'm sold. I mean, we've, yeah. <laughs> we've, had, we've had some incredible craft. I mean, you're, you're drink, you drank a Kolsch. Yeah. You know? I mean, mm-hmm. that, those kind of beers done right balanced the way you you like to do them where they're a little bit sweet a little bit malty a little bit hoppy a little bit where it's just that perfect beautiful blend nothing's better than that yeah awesome cool well sean we want to thank you so much for allowing us to uh step in and and take some of your time and and sit in the brewery and and drink beer and chat uh it's been an absolute pleasure and we're so grateful that you guys are a part of the fremont community and that we've got something for us so close um, but that so many travelers are coming through and enjoying this place as well. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you very much. Um, so new off-season episodes of Wanna Be Walk-Ons will drop twice a month on Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and or Twitter to stay in the know. Look for our conversations with David City's Salt Mine City Brewing Company and Omaha's Monolithic Brewing as we continue our craft brewery miniseries in the coming weeks. So I'm going to go ahead and read the part that you cut me off from, and then you can do that again. <laughs> Damn it. You even, like, changed the... <laughs> you I, formatted it so I was... I reformatted so we wouldn't make that mistake. And then, and then uh, it happened. Then I was so excited. Oh, man. <laughs> so that does it for this episode of Wannabe Walk-Ons. We want to thank Sean for taking time to sit down with us and for Lori for joining us for that little brief moment to go through the list of beers. If you'd like to learn more about 505 Brewing Company, you can visit their website at five0fivebrewing.com. Buy their beer at local retailers or, best of all, saddle up to the bar for a beer at their lovely Fremont Tap Room. 
New off-season episodes of Wannabe Walk-Ons will drop twice a month on Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Make sure to follow us on Facebook, Yeah, they've heard this before. We want to thank all our listeners, both new and long time, for tuning in. If you have anyone who you think would enjoy a listen, we would truly appreciate your recommendation. Remember to do your part. Drink local beer wherever you are. If you have any breweries you would like us to sample on the show, visit wannabewalkons.com to tell us where to drink next. Thanks for listening, and as always, drink Big Red. Drink Big Red. Sports Network Production.